Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. July 15th, 2020. Tax Day. Rosetta Stone. The Kings. The movie Die Hard, and the excellent Ernie Barnes. This is Awesome Today. Awesome Today is a mostly daily show about stuff that might be awesome. Don't overcomplicate it. It's barely edited and sometimes offensive. Enjoy it, and have an awesome today. Would you? Hello. Good day, madam. Welcome everyone to the july 15th episode of awesome today not awesome today is that taxes must be filed or extensions or extensions yeah that's the way we live that's the way we live how long can we put it off yep that's right now hey look at you look at me if you are listening and not watching on video then you, you don't know missed this out but you, my friend, my love, are wearing a collared shirt. I am. With buttons. Functional. Put on a big boy shirt today. Yeah, functional buttons and everything, and it's not even a Sunday. Guess what? Still made of t shirt material. <laughs> yeah. It really is. It is. It's so soft. It's even uh, SPF 30 or something. Oh, I don't know. It's, I'm a I'm a sucker for a, a sale. I may wear this a six months before it falls apart it's not high quality but uh yeah it was under 10 bucks and i thought why not man dang i can i can look all professional exactly you look good in that and Thank it you. is you know that's i love a shirt or a well, for me a dress that looks dressed up but then it's actually like super comfortable to wear agreed you can trick people into thinking you're a professional that's right Right up until you get some gravy stains or <laughs> cigarette burns in it, and then it's no good anymore. <laughs> then you just save it for the next time the cops show up at the house. Hang on, I got to change shirts. <laughs> Going to jail. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love you, baby. Call mama. That's every episode of Cops, right? It is. All the much. all of the domestic stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Call mama for bail money. Yep. Again. Again. So, what shall we talk about? Well, we can go through a few things that have happened on June 15th. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, July 15th. Mm-hmm. We could talk about June 15th. <laughs> it's a good day. It's my birthday eve. It so. is. It is. 
All right, but July 15th. But July 15th in Days of Yore. Ooh, nice. I like it. It's fancy. 1799. It's a long time ago, right? Mm -hmm. That is when the Rosetta Stone was found. We've subscribed to it. I was going to say. We don't participate in the lesson. You, you're ruining my joke. I was going to say 1799. The Rosetta Stone is found. We, 2000, we've been paying a damn monthly bill to them ever since then. <laughs> we signed up for Rosetta Stone and never use it again. Never. For what language? It is. To, uh, this do is we believe the in our hearts we can learn? Ancient. What do we can we learn? We could learn Spanish. We'd Spanish like to learn Spanish is it. what we have signed up for on Rosetta Stone. We have learned Un poquito. Yes. <laughs> well, the actual, the original, yeah, actual Rosetta Stone, the original. Actually. This is an ancient Egyptian rock inscribed with a decree by King Ptolemy V, was found in the Egyptian port city of Rashid. Is that how you'd pronounce that? I think so, yeah. Okay. By French Captain Pierre Bouchard. Bouchard. <laughs> nice job with the French there. Hey, Have you been sneaking off on Rosetta Stone? No. Hooking up with no. the French over there? I've got an online buddy that's French. Not really. I mean, uh, <laughs> I have no friends. No, you have no French friends, but we you do have a few Cajun friends, and they come with those that's French true. last names a lot of that's the time. True. All right. Okay, moving ahead. 1973. You know who the band The Kinks it's yes. very familiar to me. I don't, I can't think of the songs that I know that are the Kinks right off the top of my head. Okay, I can't either. Okay. I, I would know them if I heard them. Sure. They're not a big uh, driving force in my life. Nope. So anyway, I thought it was fascinating that Ray Davies left the band. Hmm. Which was fascinating because a week later he was back. <laughs> Kind of, I'm taking my ball and yeah, going home. But exactly. It's boring at home. Will you guys still play? <laughs> Let's get the band back together. Childish. You know, just in the moment of current day when I feel like, could we get any sillier? We look back and it's like, it's always been that way. We've always been silly humans. Humans are silly. That is a universal truth, they say, about that. I've got one more. Okay. 1988. We have Die Hard released. Is it a Christmas movie? I don't know. Many people put it on their favorite Christmas movie lists. It's true. It's true. I guess it's as Christmas as the Burbs. It's probably more Christmas than the Burbs well, is. Definitely that. But Just so, because it occurs for them yeah, during say, the Christmas party. So it's a July 15th release, but it actually, the, the setting yeah. and the action takes place during Christmas. Didn't, didn't plan that one as well as it could have, maybe. I don't okay. know. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. What, anything else you want to say about Die Hard? It's or? a good movie. Bruce Willis, whatnot. Okay. He's he's a good actress. Also, like him. Alan Rickman, he's going to come up in conversation again in just a minute. Yeah, what? he is. You don't know it because you don't know actors don't. and who they play, but I Who's, do. Oh, I know. Okay, Alan Rickman. Yeah, yeah. He's the bad guy. He's Hans or whatever the guy's name is. Yes, that's right. Okay. Push pause on Alan Rickman for a minute. Okay, I can't. That's all I'm going to think about. You keep talking. <laughs> well, this next I gotta, one. I got to repeat the name so I remember. Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. Ricky. Ralph. What? Um. Okay. In 2006. Oh wait. Can I interrupt? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently so. I just thought of this. I meant to. I meant to jot this down from earlier so that I wouldn't have to 
have a butt clenching moment like I just did. Of, oh wait, because <laughs> I remembered. Um, I've I hear this. I've I've mentioned in preseason stuff, older stuff. My office, my home office, is a it's an oddity of sound. I can hear literally everything in the house from my office, which is quite honestly pretty distracting. But uh, today, I heard. Mac, who is one of our twin year twin year old seven boys, that's not <laughs> that's a good way to describe them. That's not how they happen. That's how you feel after yeah. spending all day with them. There's yep. seven of you, twin year olds, <laughs> seven year old twin brother. Yes, he uh, he just recently has started with this. Trust me. Mm -hmm. Trust me. I I just told you. Trust me. Are you sure about that? Trust me. <laughs> and he's like the last person I'd ever trust for anything. <laughs> and so then when he says it, it's like, where are you selling used cars? What's happening in here? He's not trustworthy, you uh -uh. guys. He's not. But he does love that phrase. If you ask him anything, I would, he didn't want breakfast this morning. And I was like, Mac, are you sure? Aren't you hungry? And he's like, I'm not hungry. Trust me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> really bizarre. He's also started saying actually, and it is hilarious yeah. Yeah. to hear him be like, well, actually, uh, Sonic 2020 has oh the blue gosh. arms, not the peach arms. He and, is so into Sonic oh the Hedgehog goodness. right now. Yes. He, oh my. Current obsession. Whew. Yes. Okay. I'm, I apologize. I had to get that out before I forgot it again. Please continue. Okay. Uh, July 15th, 2006, Twitter is launched. Is that awesome? I personally, this is just my point of view, no offense to the Twitter fans, I don't like Twitter. I hate it. Ooh, you have stronger feelings than I do. I hate it. I think it, it started out as an interesting idea, and undoubtedly there's good content out there. Yeah. But the stuff that goes on that has tied in so absolutely with cancel culture and all that yes. stuff, the vitriol, the nastiness, and yeah. then them along with so many of the other media things out there that are like, oh yeah, we're going to censor this. Oh, we're not going to censor that. Well, you got to make up your mind. You either have to be an editor and censor everything, mm -hmm. or you don't get to censor anything. It's actually a point of law, and it's, oh, I didn't know that. it agitates me in a magnificent way. Well, that, all very reasonable points. Mm -hmm. I don't like Twitter because I'm not witty. I can't think fast. I feel like there's so true. many convert. Well, but on Twitter, especially if you follow a lot of people and, and if there's a thing happening, you're following the feed, like people can think of things so quickly and I'm over here like, also there's the character limit and you can yeah, imagine. I don't like that. And you can't do that. I can't. I physically cannot limit my words. I spend so much time deleting things and thinking of shorter words to put in there just so I can cram it all in one tweet. It is so stressful to me to try to compose a tweet. I am technically on Twitter and have been probably since 2009, 2010 range. Wow. But I use it literally never. So, yeah. Yep. Anyway, happy birthday, Twitter. Happy birthday. <laughs> uh, okay, now here's where Alan Rickman is going to come rolling back into this conversation because July 15th, 2009, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince released in theaters in the U.S., sixth movie in the series. 2011, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two, released in theaters in the U.S. and in the U.K. It is, of course, the final film in the Harry Potter cinematic series. 
Alan Rickman plays who in this universe? Your favorite, the turd, <laughs> Professor Snape. I let you have all that. Once, once we, I made the connection back during Die Hard, but I wanted to, I wanted to let you have that one. Did you really make the connection? I did. I was okay. like, oh yeah, he's always a turd. Everything. He is always <laughs> a Rick turd. Um, the late Alan Rickman, he has since passed. Did you know that? Did they hire a bunch of cats to bury him? Wow, that was not nice that at was all. Really, that really was really not. He was dead. He was a human being. Yes, and a very charming person. In I was life. not thinking about him as a person. I was thinking about the characters I don't like. Uh, I'm so sorry. Including the turd of the Potterverse. Yes. You know, though, he actually Snape in the the movies, of course, tell this part. But in the books, I feel like you feel the emotional weight of this. He has probably the most heartbreaking romantic story of the whole thing his undying love for Lily Potter, Harry's mother. Here's the thing, man. You've checked out already. I <laughs> Here's the difference. Here's a difference between you and I. Mm -hmm. When I see somebody that's a turd, they're a turd. Mm -hmm. End of story. They are a turd. It just, they are. You <laughs> go in and, well, you know, but all these other things, and they're true, and he's yes. still a turd. It doesn't matter. <laughs> What you find out, even if there's a heavy air quotes, good reason, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. You, we all, everybody, everybody listening has had tough things to deal with, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Did but, they decide, oh, well, fine, that's my justification. But like, bring on the turds. When you hear a turd's backstory, don't you have compassion? You're like, well, now I understand why there is. Yes and no. I can have compassion, but still allow no excuse because there's no excuse. Okay. I can be like, I see why you'd do that. Yeah. Also, I literally hate the word turd so much. Really? I, I want to stab my yeah. own self in the thigh with an ice pick right now. Okay. We've said Hang on, so much. I think we've got one. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a great word from the it. perspective that it's not a curse, but it's really powerful. It's really crass, and I think that's mm -hmm. why I hate it so much. Well, there we are. Some notable dates. Notable turds. <laughs> For those of us who are Potterheads. Okay. Okay. Are you ready to buckle up? Because I have got a story for you. for my seatbelt. I'm going to try very hard to not tell stories the way Mac or aforementioned. Trust me. <laughs> does. But also he will just go on these so long uh, mm, soliloquies, monologues. He'll audibly, he'll audibly. <laughs> Yes. Inhale and then <laughs> just So I'm gonna try really hard. I'm not the best of storytellers, but I'm gonna try really hard not to go into that realm. You do what you gotta do. Storytelling. Okay. You're talking to me. That's true. I'm your husband. I, Last time I checked. I, <laughs> I'm so excited to tell you this story because I think you're going to love it and there are some key points of relevancy to your life and growing up experience okay. that you're going to just, like just here in let her, this let her rip. Okay. So I have a new obsession because today I was, as I often do, mm -hmm. scrolling through looking for, you know, like, what are some ideas for July 15th? What is July 15th? Why does it exist? Well, it's tax day. It's tax day for It sure. exists so that Uncle Sam can take your money. This year anyway. Yeah. July 15th. Okay. So I was looking on Wikipedia as I'm prone to do, and in their birthday list for July 15th, one name You're caught giving away all of our sources. Anybody can go to Wikipedia. Yeah, but they didn't know that was there. 
great. Now we're going to cancel the show again. <laughs> the reason we awesome I'll be back in a week. <laughs> <laughs> no, now listen, the reason Awesome Today exists is because we do this. We go to the Wikipedia and the other places, so you guys don't have to. If you say it a third time, I really am quitting. Okay, here we go. I noticed that there is a person whose birthday is July 15th. He was born on July 15th. And out to the side of his name, it said American football player, actor, and painter. And I was like, well, now that's intriguing. So I want to introduce you guys, if you don't already know him, to Ernie Barnes. He is He was born back in 1938 on this day. And so I was thinking, you know what? He's a football player. He's a man of the arts. That sounds like someone else that I know deeply, someone who was an art major before he transferred schools to play football. He's sitting right next to me. <laughs> He's sitting right next to me and upstairs in a closet tucked away, we have a huge portfolio of the art that you, spoiler, it's Kyle, created uh, in your late high it's school. free time. <laughs> In your late high school years, uh, going oh, on college. into college, yeah. Yeah. it's so good when we take it out and show our kids. They're like, "What, Dad, did this?" It's okay. It's not. It's that. fine. And also, not to mention the fact that you create by hand rosaries that are you've designed that That's you create. True. You create um, sterling silver beads by hand. Like you are still a man of the arts, even though it's expressed in different ways now. Okay. That's just facts, okay? Well, That's the black and white facts. You say what you say, I'll say what I say. <laughs> All right. So I started reading about Ernie Barnes, and I got a little obsessed with him. He was born on July 15th in 1938 in Durham, North Carolina. This is, of course, during the Jim Crow era of our country. He, is a, he was a black American man. His father was a shipping clerk for a tobacco company in North Carolina. His mother was the household manager for a wealthy white family. The dad, the paterfamilias of the family, was a local um, and very successful attorney in Durham. Okay. Now, this part Did he know Harper Lee? <laughs> That's the wrong state. That's Alabama. Okay. Just checking. Yes, Alabama. And then I was like, was it Mississippi? No, it's Alabama. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Harper Lee. Okay. Well, this proved to be fortuitous for Ernie because he would sometimes go with his mom to work. Mm -hmm. And so he'd just be hanging out. He's bored. She's doing, you know, running all the business of this house and he's just hanging around. Well, that man who was an attorney told Ernie, like, go look through my art books. He encouraged him to look through all of these books of art that he had, look at the pieces of art he had, listen to the classical music in his collection. Young Ernie, like, he, he caught that art bug as he was, you know, just, he wasn't even studying, he was just a kid, he was curious, and he was got to be exposed to all of this different kind of art and um, the kind of world of the arts and it really triggered something in him. So he would later in his life describe himself as being chubby and unathletic when he was a kid, but he really liked art. So he would take sketchbooks to school with him. And when the kids at school were mean or, you know, picking on him or whatever, he would take his sketchbooks and just go off to a quiet place by himself and draw in his books. Hmm. Well, he did that one day and uh, the masonry teacher a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. 
United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Masonry is what? Bricks yeah. and stuff. And so that was a thing, I guess, at some schools in this era. Makes sense. Trades. Yeah, exactly. He found him back there hiding. Well, this, this teacher uh, was a weightlifting coach and a former athlete. So this teacher was really interested in the drawings that he saw. One might even say intrigued. <laughs> intrigued <laughs> by the drawings in his sketchbooks. And started talking to him about what he wanted to kind of do with his life and started to tell him how things like bodybuilding, weightlifting, these were things that not only improved his body and like his physical strength, mm -hmm. but it had actually given him like a strength of like outlook on life. Mm -hmm. And it reminded me of you as a kid. You had somebody come into your life who also... Yes-ish. Yes-ish. Okay. We started... Uh... Gosh, I feel like seventh grade maybe. Um, at school, we had weightlifting when we weren't playing a sport. Yeah. Uh, we had seventh hour, seventh period athletics. Um, yeah, and so I had lifted some at that point. And then when I was in high school, and I can't remember if it was freshman or sophomore, somewhere somewhere in there, uh, family had moved into town. The They'd gone to our church, knew them through all of that. The dad had been a former police officer. My word, the dogs are about to get murdered. Um, the dad had been a former police officer. They moved here from uh, L.A. And also a bodybuilder. And he had, like, everybody Everybody that lives rural, it feels like, has a huge steel building on their property. Sure, of course. A shop, a sh if you will. Quote-unquote shop. Yeah, yeah, that's oftentimes more square footage than their house. Mm -hmm. Huge. Yeah. And... and their property had one, and, and half of that thing was filled with, he had kept, I don't he may have even owned a gym for a time or something, because he had, oh my word, he had the setup, dumbbells from two and a half up to 200 pounds by five pound increment. It was incredible, everything that he had in there. Yeah. Uh, but he, he had a son that was a year or two younger than me, uh, and had invited me over to lift, and so that's, I did that quite often. Yeah. Uh, I'd go there and hang out with them. And he was, this dude was jacked. He was huge. Mm -hmm. I think uh, he was the first person I would have ever met in person. First of what turned into many later, but the first I ever met in person that could bench press over 400 pounds. Dang. Yeah. That is not a small amount of weight. He's a big guy. Yes. Well, and you know, who knows, maybe you would have, maybe you wouldn't have continued to pursue weightlifting, but I do know that 
lifting heavy weights has had a mm -hmm. profound impact on like your understanding of the world and life. Indeed, and, and you figure out a lot about yourself mm -hmm. trying to get something heavy either off of you or off the ground. Yep. So through this teacher and coach's guidance, he actually does go out for football and turns out to be a pretty great football player. And so when he graduated high school, his mother promised him a car if he'd live at home while he went to university. Wow, that sounds familiar. <laughs> that was the same deal that Kyle's parents struck with him yep. as he was preparing to go off to college. Live at home, we'll buy you that fancy green truck you've been wanting. Mm -hmm. So anyway, he did go on and went to uh, college at an all-black North Carolina, it was, okay, it was an all-black North Carolina college at Durham, uh, now known as North Carolina Central University. Okay. Played football there was was really great. One other notable thing happened as he was playing football in college, well, going to college. Um, he went on a field trip with his art class in college to the newly desegregated North Carolina Museum of Art in Raleigh. That blows my mind to think about even museums were segregated. Um, he asked the museum guide where he could find paintings, and this is a quote by paintings by Negro artists. Well, the museum guide said, your people don't express themselves that way. Oh, wow. Dang. That's, that's not good. That's pretty, pretty blatant right there. So anyway, and can't you just imagine too, I mean, museum guides are, they're not known for well, their- Well, they'd probably answer this, the same way if I asked them today. <laughs> Where do you find art by my people? <laughs> no. The Czechs? <laughs> the rednecks? Yeah, your people don't make art. Well, interestingly, so the, uh, this isn't a spoiler because I told you already he was a famous American painter, but 23 years, 23 years later in 1979, Barnes returned to that very museum and had a wow. solo exhibition there. And I was like, hot damn, I love that redemption of that story. So again, he was a football standout in college, went on to play professional football for the Baltimore Colts, the Titans of New York. I'm not mm -hmm. familiar with what that team eventually became. Uh, the San Diego Chargers and the Denver Broncos. But then after he retired from football, he returned to his true passion in life, which was his art, painting and drawing and all of these things. So he said that um, he had an instructor in college named Ed Wilson who really laid the foundation for him to really kind of form his point of view as an artist. We talk mm -hmm. a lot about in art, whether it is uh, designing rosaries or if it's fashion design or of course, um, you know, traditional art like painting, those types of things that artists have a point of view. Which may change and transition. Sure, for sure, definitely. Um, and so Barnes said that he, that, that he, this instructor um, in college, made him conscious of the fact that the artist who is useful to America is one who studies his own life and records it through the medium of art, manners, and customs of his own experiences. Okay. So he also told him <clears throat> to pay attention to what his body, and again, this is when he's in college, he's a college athlete, but this art instructor said, pay attention to what your body feels like in movement. Within that elongation, there's a feeling, an attitude, an expression. And he said, I hate to think, I had, had I not played sports, what my work would look like. Because he ended up being pretty ambivalent about being a football player. Like, 
he could do it and he was good at it, but it wasn't like his main thing. Sure. But he did say, you know what, playing sports, it, it informed the art that I would eventually create. And I, I was not familiar with his work before today, but I was looking through some Google images of it. And there are so many pieces of his art that are sports inspired that I'm like, I am not a sports ball person. Sports ball. But oh my gosh, his paintings, that, that idea of elongation really comes into play the way he paints people the, and the athletes that are playing. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really fantastic. So he also, as an artistic choice, framed his paintings with distressed wood in an um, homage to his father. Mm -hmm. He wrote later in his autobiography, wrote about his father, that with so little education, he had worked hard so that, had worked hard for us. His legacy, his legacy to me was his effort, and that was plenty. He knew absolutely nothing about art. But that reminded me, of your life and story too. You had a father who has, has passed away but who worked harder probably than any human I've ever met except yes. for maybe you. <laughs> well, yes. yeah. But that was such a strong and enduring legacy for you looking at your dad and, and his commitment to work and providing for his family and those types of things. Trying to make me tear up here. I what almost started doing? crying when I read this so okay. now you get to cry too. <laughs> Now, another interesting thing about Barnes's art, many of the subjects of his paintings have their eyes closed. Ah, he can't paint the eyes. <laughs> yep. How very hard. dare you. They're very hard. I'm sure they are hard. He said that it, it, to him, illustrated how blind we are to one another's humanity. Mm -hmm. That we're blinded by a lot of the things that have, um, you know, that keep us from seeing the depths of our interconnection. And so that was a point of view, a stylistic choice for him was a lot of the subjects of his paintings have their eyes closed. I would have to assume, and it is pure assumption, but I, I would assume that anybody who, who grew up with, in, in his instance, racism, mm -hmm. um, but there's, there's plenty of other groupisms and things that go on in life as well, where a person who is maybe not admitted in as freely is made to know that they are different in mm -hmm. some way, mm -hmm. uh, that that would be a strong message yes. to say, you know, get get past all these things and, and see the connection. Yes, exactly, exactly. So he ended up moving to Los Angeles in 1971 to the Fairfax District, which was an all Jewish neighborhood in LA. And he said that that really also um, helped him to tune into what his mission and sort of like the legacy of what his work would be. Because he, once he moved into this Jewish community, he saw how strongly documented and celebrated um, customs and culture were for mm -hmm. the Jewish people that were his neighbors now that he was living amongst. And this was in the 70s, so the, there's a strong movement of like black is beautiful coming into fashion. Um, he wrote later that black people were just starting to appreciate themselves as a people. But when it was said, I'm black and I'm proud, he said, I said, proud of what? And that question of proud of what led to a series of paintings that became the beauty of the ghetto. And that series of paintings toured major American cities from 1972 to 1979. So he really felt compelled to create um, a lasting legacy 
for black Americans of like what their culture is, what it looks like, how to celebrate it. Because again, as a, you know, an 18 year old young man goes to a museum and is told your people don't express themselves that way. Like he was like, well, just wait and see and created prolifically this body of artwork that is so stunning. It's so filled with color and energy and it's so vivacious and I have to tell you, like, I'm, again, I'm not like a fancy art person, but I have to say after reading about um, Ernie Barnes that I'm like, well, he's my new favorite American painter. Very well. So good. And I'm so glad that I went down that rabbit hole of reading about him because every single thing that I read, like, I just was like, I loved him more and more. So, so are you going to read the autobiography? I may just. I should. Why wouldn't you? I will. Okay. Well, I will. So you say. If I can find it, I hope I can find it in print somewhere. I'm sure it's probably not on Kindle, but maybe it is. Who, Who knows? knows? Who knows? We'll find out. All right. I have one last note, if you don't mind. And I'm just over here burping again. Um, <laughs> like an ape. Like an ape. It's ridiculous. I don't, I don't do this in my life until I get down in front of the camera, and then I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> don't mind me. Okay, so as part of my job in this industry, which is podcasts, I often check the charts. See, yeah. what's, what's going on? Yeah. What are people listening to? Where are we? We aren't on the charts right now. Great. So get out there and leave those reviews. Reviews, please. <laughs> but I was checking the charts and somebody has unseated Joe Rogan of his number one top of the oh, charts. That happens. Does it? Yeah, yeah. Almost every time I look at the charts, there's Joe Rogan right at the top. He's, I've never seen him off the the top five yeah. that show up on on at least the desktop version. Yeah. But yeah, different, anytime something like what you're going to bring up comes out, which is a, a limited series. It is a limited series, I yes. have no doubt that there is a real live campaign uh -huh. that goes on to yes. get people to the top of a list so that it's seen. And yep, well... But yes. He's always, Joe's always there. Ever lingering. I mean, listen, he's number two right now. Okay. Yeah. So, but you're, I believe wholeheartedly in your theory. Let me tell you a little bit about this podcast. It's called Park Predators and it's um, hosted by a woman named Deli Delia. Nope. Should have written it down. Great. Anyway, in this limited series, she is telling the story of, well, predators who have hung around in national parks and found their victims there. So lucky for us, we hate camping and hiking and those types of things. So we don't have to, uh, just, should be worried. I just pulled it up. And okay. is it Deandra? Oh, yeah. Delia, uh, Deandra. There we go. I can't read. I, well, uh, that print's super small. Too. I don't have we're super good old. vision. Screen's so small. So Delia Diambra, I looked her up. She, I don't know if you remember this, but a few years ago, she's, she is in real life a, a journalist, a TV journalist in Florida, I think. And she was, a, she was on remote, like reporting somewhere and she was attacked while she was on camera. Really? She was, she had the camera was in a park. <laughs> it wasn't in a park, oh. but she has been the victim of crime and she had kept her camera rolling while this person was attacking her. I got punched in the back of the head once. Does that count for anything? <laughs> you should be a true crime reporter too. Well, maybe that's our next one. Maybe I series. am. Maybe that's exactly what this podcast is and you just don't know it yet. 
well, that's frightening. So um, anyway, Park Predators, I checked it out. It's fine. It's, it's a good, it's just like your standard true crime. She's telling the stories of these crimes that have happened in um, parks. But an interesting thing, I always listen through to the end of the credits because that's the kind of mm -hmm. podcast nerd that I am. This is executive produced by your girl, Ashley Flowers. Okay, interesting. Ashley Flowers, of course, a crime junkie, which I think is number three or number four in the charts right now. Well, we can look. I have the chart. <laughs> four. Uh, four, yeah. Yeah, number four. Um, you're not a big true crime person, but you've listened to a few crime junkie episodes. She does a good and, job. She yeah. produces well. Yeah. So she's the executive producer of this. This goes back to confirming, I think, your theory. She's a big name in the industry and I think that there's probably a concerted effort not to no mention doubt. the fact just that if no she doubt. just mentions like this is my new project go listen to it. Well, you'd think a lady with 10,000 awesomes at her beck and call could run a little counter campaign <laughs> get to the top of the list. But people love that true crime man. They well, love it. I'll commit a crime next episode. <laughs> oh the things we would do to get on the charts. I will throw out there uh Number three on the list right now, yeah. Guru, mm -hmm. or Guru, however you choose to pronounce that. <laughs> I listened to however many episodes were available. It wasn't the whole thing yet. I'm really not impressed. Mm. It's not that it's bad. It's just not impressive. It's from the network that we shall not name. <laughs> yeah, the Severus Snape Network. Okay, so anyway, I do want to let you guys know that that podcast has shot to the top of the charts. So if you are a podcast fan, go uh, and you like true crime and you aren't afraid to go into the parks, or if you want to be afraid to go into the parks, you should always be afraid of the parks. <laughs> go check out Park Predators. And while you're on your podcast app, you could leave us a review. It'd be fine by us. I went to school with a guy that married a park ranger. Well, maybe their story will turn up on here. It probably will because. Last I heard, and this is unverified, okay. and it was many years ago, many years ago, I'm old, um, they were living in a tent in the park. And that was their home base? That was their home. Okay. Not like base for work. That was just where they lived. Probably illegally, I would guess. I, know, I was going to say, I feel like that's probably not legal. There's a lot of weed smoking from what I heard. Uh -huh. Never went, never visited, never hung out. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. There we go. That was important. I'm glad I included that. It's good, right? It was it's good. Really good, riveting stuff. <laughs> Almost all of your stories about. <laughs> I'm gonna go unlike this myself because I'm gonna unsubscribe to my own effort. That that was poor. Listen, the between that and crapping all over the poor actor that played Snape, and <laughs> I'm not a very good person. Somewhere out there right now, all of the INTJs aren't saying, um, no, you're a great person. I know exactly what you mean by well, that. Well, leave a review, you jerks. <laughs> INTJs don't leave they reviews. They don't leave reviews. That's the problem. All of the INTJs that are listening are like, I am tracking with Kyle so hard right now, but I will never leave a review. Just just go leave a review that says, yep, that's it. <laughs> you, don't know, you don't have to capitalize it. No punctuation. Just, yep. Please, if you're listening and if you're an INTJ, please do it. I'll take it. I'll know. We'll be right here, eye to eye. I'll know exactly what you're saying. Exactly. Okay. Well, that is 
us for today. Don't you think that's enough? I have one question about the main show. Oh, yes. Please. Do. I heard a rumor that there might be new mm -hmm. artwork for the main show mm -hmm. coming up, which will translate into merch. Yes. Have you talked about that yet? No. So it's a surprise. It's a surprise. Those of you who are willing to suffer through my efforts here and just wrecking episode after episode, <laughs> you got a little a little nugget of a treat there. Have You're, I redeemed myself? Totally redeemed if yourself. If I have, leave a review that says, <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, so we've probably beaten this horse back to life Ooh, and good. again. That's another good redemption story. We beat the horse back to life. <laughs> yeah. I'll show you. Sorry, good for nothing. All right. All right, that's, that's plenty. Um, have a day that is awesome today, would you? Please do. Thanks, bye. Bye. Alan Rickman was a fantastically accomplished actor and had an incredible library of work. Any actor who can make you truly detest a movie character is wickedly talented. Anytime someone says they hate me, I pretend I'm an excellent actor. Find Awesome Today and Sorta Awesome Media on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and literally everywhere podcasts are found. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.